Welcome to the Let Us Reason Together broadcast with pastor-teacher Dr. James Sutton of Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. Please stay tuned to the end of the broadcast for more contact information. And now your host, Dr. James Sutton. as you increase. Then, Lord, let the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As always, I thank God for the privilege and Pastor Sutton for the opportunity. If you've had any dealings with God for any length of time, you will begin to discover that every time God tells you something, it's not always what you want to hear. Amen. When God begins to tell us things, it's not something we always understand. I want to bring your attention to something that was given to me uh, about 30 minutes ago. I had something else prepared. I had my little notes ready, and I thought I was ready to go. And the Lord said, no, you ain't going to say that today. So you might be getting this one hot off the press. (laughs) If you would go with me to the book of Luke. Chapter 5. And I just want to read from 4 to 11. Some of you faces I remember from years ago when 
I was overshared with Gaskin. Luke 5, verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drop. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I'd like to pull a thought from that fifth verse. At thy word, I will. At thy word, I will. It's interesting that even those of us who have been in the church some 15, 20, 30 years, we find ourselves doing everything but creating a habit of dealing with God's Word. Some of us we dust our Bibles off on the way out the door of the church because we have not looked at it any other time during the week. So it's hard for us to be obedient to God's word because we don't know his word. And sometimes we think we know what we're doing, like you will see in this text. Sometimes we actually think we know what we're doing. Give, let me give you just one example. Paul really thought he was doing the right thing when he was persecuting Christians. He really thought he was doing the right thing until he was knocked off the ass and had to have a personal encounter 
with Jesus Christ. Once he had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, then he began to realize all this stuff I've been doing, I've been doing wrong. I remember when I was a deacon, I had an old deacon come up to me there, and he said, boy, you just starting this thing. I've been a deacon for 40 years. I said, you've been doing it wrong that long. And of course, that was not the response he wanted to hear. Only because by me saying you've been doing it wrong that long, people take it personally and think you're challenging them personally. But it's saying to me what it would have said was, maybe I need to get more into the word to find out what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, this is not one of those, he died, didn't he die? This ain't one of them sermons. So we ain't getting none of that today. This, this, ain't, this ain't one of them. You know, ain't no be no foot kicking and no stomping. This ain't one of them. Because this particular message is too serious for us to play with. At thy word, I will. In other words, just because you said it, Lord, I'm going to do it. Just because you said, go into the deep. And here's the thing that I've learned. And this is just a personal pet peeve of mine. We get so wrapped up in our titles. Y'all see the bars. I got my doctorate degree. But do you think when I'm standing before the judgment, God going to say, Dr. Anderson? You think he cares what my title is, all he wants to know is, have you been obedient or not? All of this other stuff we do is our mess. It really doesn't matter. So he says, Peter, y'all get your boat and go out into the deep. Now the first point is, Most of the time, our relationship with God is so shallow, we can't accomplish what he set us out to do. Because we ain't going to get in deep water. I'm comfortable doing what I've been doing the last 30 years. I ain't going to change nothing. I'm good where I am. He do the devotion. He do the praying. She do the teaching. Somebody, That's good. I ain't going to do nothing different. I'm used to that, so I ain't going to get out in deep water. I ain't going to walk the neighborhood and tell nobody about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Because there's thugs out there. Well, let me let you in on a little secret. You need to quit saying the devil busy. He's always busy. You just need to be busy too. Amen. Because the Bible says that he will not prevail against his church. Why? Because the church is busy. That's right. The worst thing in the world is a Christian doing nothing. Yeah. Come, on. Come on. Y'all don't hear me, do you? Come on. The worst thing in the world is a Christian that's doing nothing. Unfortunately, most of the stuff that we do as Christians is just raise hell. Now, we're good at that. We're good at that now. Now. I don't know her, but I don't like the way she cheats. I don't know her either, but I don't like the way she sang. 
We're good at that mess. But what about building somebody up? Come on. What about edification? <coughs> See, and the reason you can't build up some folks because you can't tell them nothing. That's right. I already know it all. Yeah. That's right. Uh, me and that brother, that only one got some sense. All the rest of y'all crazy. <laughs> Ain't nobody got no sense for me and him. All the rest of y'all crazy. Look at the interesting thing. He says get into the deep, which says to me that God don't want no shallow relationship with you. Come on. Teach Bill. He don't want no shallow relationship. Meaning that I just show up on Sunday and I don't deal with the Lord no more the rest of the week. Then you don't know him you doing stuff now out of routine. You don't do it because you love the Lord. See, look at what this text is saying. First of all, go out into deep water. That means get out of your comfort zone. Quit doing stuff like you've been doing it for the last 30 years. You know what the definition of insanity really is? Doing the exact same thing and looking for a different result. If I cook my eggs the same way every day, I scramble them every day, but I'm looking for one sunny side up. (laughs) I'm the one scrambling them every day, but I expect this one to be sunny side up. Then that means I need to do something different. So he tells Peter, and here's the thing that I loved about it. In the fifth verse, Peter just simply said, we've been toiling all night, and we ain't caught nothing. Now that says to me, <laughs> and I don't care if y'all don't like me, I just got to say what the Lord say. Amen. I've been toiling all night. And basically he's saying we've accomplished nothing. Come on. How many churches do you know that's been together a hundred years and have accomplished nothing? Come on. How many churches and people do you know that's been serving God for 30, 40 years and have accomplished nothing? I've been toiling all night. Why? Because I'm fussing and arguing about the wrong stuff. I'm fussing a bargain about whether you should wash your hands first before I give communion. I'm suffering and arguing about whether we ought to have a cracker or whether we ought to have a wafer. I'm suffering and arguing and fussing about all of these other things and I still have accomplished nothing. You know how you fill up a church? I mean, the Bible has already taught us how to fill up a church. But we don't do none of that. No. As a matter of fact, here's how he puts it. He says that everybody think Peter was the first one, was the first apostle, first disciple. But when you look in, the, in John, he says that Andrew. Yes, come on, Bill, teach us. He says that Andrew. Went and found his brother Peter. Yes. And brought him and told him, We have found the Messiah. 
and then brought him to Jesus. Now that told me, if I want to fill up a church, I got to find one, tell one, and bring one. How many folks you brought? How many folks you told? How many folks you found? See, and here's the thing. You got folks in your own family that ain't saved. You ain't brought them to church. You know why? Because it's hard for you to tell them to come to church. What you say out of your mouth is good, but they see what you're doing. I hear what you're saying, but I see what you're doing. You just left church and cussed the folk out. Before you even got there, you created hell before you got to church. Come on. Now, Peter could have very easily said, Hold on, Jesus. I don't mean no harm. Your job saving folk, my job fishing. I go fish. I do that for women. As the kids say, every day, I fish. Now, you need to go on save somebody. Because I know how to fish. This ain't even the right time to go out in the water. Right. The fish ain't even biting this time of day. You talking about going to the deep. All I'm going to do is get wet. Ain't no fish out there. We're supposed to fish right before evening dust around that time when they begin to come up to the water to feed. That's when we fish you. Now, I know you pull fish out of fish. You feed 5,000 folks. I know you're a miracle worker, but I know fish. Now, how does that apply to us? How does that apply to us? The Bible says one thing, but we try to make it mean something else so it can fit what I want to do. That's right. That's why I ain't pastored nobody. Never had no desire to pastor anybody. When they called me to pastor them two, three churches, I asked them how y'all didn't get my name. I'm not interested. I already know we crazy. Why would I want that job? Y'all looking at me like y'all ain't crazy. Yeah, y'all crazy. I know us. We ain't saved. We're just church folk. Come on, Bill. We ain't saved. We're just church folk. But what did Peter do? He said, against everything I know, against every tradition that has been established about fishing, Against everything that you have said, because you said it, I'm going to do it. Now, because you said it, I'm going to do it. Do you understand how hard that was for Peter? Do you, can you really understand how hard that was for Peter? Peter has been fishing all of his life. That's just like me telling a an account where to put the debits and the credits. Instead of writing them on the left side, write them on the right side. She's like, hold up. I've been a CPA for 30 years. Now you're going to tell me I'm going to put it on this side. See how easy it is for us to defy God because of what we think we know. Because of what we think we know. Let me tell you something. I joined the church on a Sunday. 
But I didn't get saved till months later on Wednesday night at Bible study. See, y'all look at me like I'm crazy because I'm just honest. <coughs> I joined the church. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't get with Jesus till later on sometime on Wednesday night. I was a member of the church, but still wasn't a member of the body of Christ. Amen. Don't let that go over your head now. You can be a member of a church and still not be a member of the body of Christ. Come on. If folks are still inviting you to happy hour, you ain't a part of the body of Christ. But that means they don't see no difference in you than the rest of the drones. They don't see no difference in you. So I still keep inviting you. And here's the thing. When you stand before God and he looks at your record, will there be anything in your record to say, Lord, I introduce people to you? Come on. Is there anything in your record to say, I told somebody how good you was to me? Most of the time what we got on our record it's a mess from somebody else's record. I don't like it. What color is that? Pizza, fuchsia, what color is that you got on? Yeah, it looked like one of them funny colors. You should have wanted something different. That's us. Yeah. Always got something to say about something that somebody else is doing, yeah. but we ain't going to give no effort or no offer to help do nothing. I don't like the way she teaches Sunday school, but I ain't gonna try to learn how to teach nothing. I ain't gonna help her try to learn how to teach nothing. I got two singers, and I don't like the way now one of them sing. I can't care no dumb bucket. But I'm talking about somebody else. It's easy. You see what Peter did? Against all that he knew. Peter knew fishing, man. Yeah. That was his bread and butter. Yeah. That's how he fed his family. He knew fishing. He knew how to fish. I know what bait to use to catch them. I know what kind of hook to use. I know how far to extend it. I know where I need to be because I know where the fish are. I know what time I need to go out in the water. I know how deep or how shallow I can go because I am a fisherman. Now, isn't it interesting that everybody learns their trade but us? Isn't that interesting? If you want to be a doctor, you go to med school. If you want to be a lawyer, huh? Don't say it. You go to law school. You want to be a construction worker, a particular trade, maybe you might go to ranking. I just don't understand how everybody else can go somewhere to learn their trade, but to be a Christian, you ain't got to learn nothing. To be a Christian, you ain't got to learn nothing. You ain't got to go to school. 
You ain't got to come to Bible study. You ain't got to listen to what nobody got to say. Because <coughs> I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and that would fight. <laughs> come on, Bill. <laughs> Without having any understanding yeah. as to what God requires mm. of us. I preached a sermon that beat me all in my head. Going to hell happens. Going to hell happens. Cause I was so secure in what I thought I knew. That I know I was heaven bound. Didn't realize at that point in my life, God didn't want me and the devil wasn't through with me. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Ask yourself, is Satan always on me? Wow. Or you can ask yourself, why isn't Satan on me? I'm so glad you asked that question. Because you don't need an answer, right? The reason why Satan does not bother you because you already belong to him. That's right. That's it. Why does Satan bother you and you already belong to him? I'm going to start working on mother because she believes in God. I ain't going to bother them two back there because they mind anyway. They keep up another hill at the church. I ain't never got to go there. Come on, Bill. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Only because Peter said, at your word, I will. I can't speak for nobody else, but I'm going to do what you say do. Amen. 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 Only because you said, yeah. here's the problem. If you don't read it, you don't know what he said do. folk can toss us with any wind and doctrine. Right. That's right. Here tell you, there's a whole lot of songs I don't sing. Because <laughs> they're cute, they're just not biblical. That's right. That's right. Come in the building if you don't stay long. Why would I say that? He already said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We get so wrapped up in what's cute that we bypass what's biblical. I'm more concerned about being biblically correct than politically correct. That's right. So if I step on your two foot, just move your shoes back a little bit so they won't be in the way. When it comes to my feelings, my mama put it to me this way when I was a kid. She said, baby, learn how to put your feelings in your shoes so can't nobody walk on them but you. I'm like, Huh? I'm a kid, I didn't get it. But it didn't take long for me to figure out what mama was talking about. So he says, Master, we have toiled all night. Have you worked on something forever and it just turned out to be nothing like you wanted it to be? Maybe I'm the only one. You had this program in your mind and you just knew the Lord gave you this program. You, you knew it now. 
This is what the Lord placed on my house. And I'm going to go and put, start putting this thing together. I'm going to step out in faith. Ain't prayed. <laughs> Ain't asked God yeah. to give me directions. See, he said, if you acknowledge me, I'll direct your path. Right. But if you want to run on by yourself, go ahead. Yeah. See, listen. When I was in the mortgage industry, mm. I had about eight properties, and if they had all sold at the same time, you'd been looking at the next millionaire. And I made a statement that didn't catch until after I said it. I said, boy, Lord, really bless you. Come on, Jesus. Oh, come on, Jesus. Oh, you need this thing now, huh? Now, I'm telling Jesus to come on like I'm really running. Yeah. Then it hit me. Ah, boy, I just blew it. It wasn't six months later, the whole bottom fell out. Because <coughs> I'm running it now. Yeah, yeah. And invite him to come along. Yeah, right. When instead I should have been following him in the first place. Yeah, Where do you think the business came from, fool? You think you really know that much the folk that walk up to you? <laughs> but since I got saved, y'all don't hear, don't miss this. Folks would just walk up and give you stuff. You ain't got to ask for it. You ain't got to buy it. Folks would just walk up and give you stuff. Yes. Now, I'm going to challenge you to do one thing. Go to John, let them tap it. See what it says about, no, 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 no. And see what it says about Andrew going to find his brother, Peter. Tell him that he found the Messiah and brought him to Jesus. I'm going to challenge you to do just what that says. To find one, to tell one, and to bring one. And I guarantee you, if you continue to do that, you're going to have to get a bigger building. Just find one, tell one, and bring one. It ain't your job to save them. <coughs> it's just your job to introduce them to the Savior. And be obedient to his word. See, I couldn't be obedient to his word if I didn't know what his word says. So you have to get in there. And let me tell you something else too. One thing I found out about this you ain't got to be trying to come up with nothing spooky and spiritual because scripture will interpret scripture. Thank you. Everything in here, and he mentioned it earlier, giving all over in my sermon. He mentioned it earlier that when he said they went up to Capernaum, that's just directional. Ain't nothing spiritual about that. No. <laughs> he just telling you where they went. That's just like when we give a testimony. Most of us just give a test of life. <laughs> we test a lot because yeah. we want to try to say something that sounds real powerful right. and hold it and exactly. get the people going. Exactly. Come on. So we test a lot. Mm -hmm. Other thing that we do, we talk more about ourselves than about Jesus. Come on. Yeah. That ain't no testimony. That's a meal morning. 
Because all I'm talking about is me. A testimony talks about what God has done and has nothing to do with you. My grandson was real, extremely sick. Had hives and bumps all over his back. Boy, grown now, but you know how long this is. My daughter's 47 years old. I ain't no spring chicken no more. Well, 47 January. But he had hives and stuff. Bumps all over him. Now, I was young in ministry then, mother, and I, I heard somebody say you're supposed to get some olive oil. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. That's just what they said I was supposed to do. So I went and got some olive oil, like it was really going to do something, and rubbed on him and went to pray. Now, see, here's the thing that I know. When there's something wrong going on in your house, you know how to get prayer. Amen. You may never pray for nobody else, but when trouble comes to your door, Lord, help my boy. He won't go to jail. He didn't know he was. Well, we know how to get a prayer through. Because something's going on in my house. Amen. I laid there and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I know I prayed at least 30 minutes. Most of us can't pray five minutes. No, I prayed at least 30 minutes. When my wife walked in the room, my grandson jumped off the bed, jumped up in Granny's arms, went to laughing and playing. My daughter come in the room and say, Papa, what you do to him? <coughs> Whatever you put on him, it seems it must have worked. Can we get some of that at Walgreens? I said, baby, <laughs> Walgreens ain't got nothing to do with this. The point I'm making is, he allowed me to be the vessel being used, but it had nothing to do with me. He didn't get healed because I prayed. You know how some of us had a nerve to say, oh, girl, I knew you was going to get better. I prayed for you. You fool. <laughs> Come on, Bill. It ain't had nothing to do with you. God told you to pray you was obedient and he honored Amen. your obedience. That's the reason why we go with all these crazy titles because we got to be bigger than everybody else. Wasn't good enough being no deacon, I had to be a preacher. Wasn't good enough being no preacher, I had to be a pastor. Wasn't good enough being no pastor, I had to be a bishop. Wasn't good enough being a bishop, I got to be a prophet. Wasn't good enough being a prophet, I got to be an apostle. Mm. Next step is God. <laughs> <laughs> See, let me explain something to you. And that's why I love Peter and Paul. Those are the two that I pay more attention to than anybody else in Scripture. Because Peter was a heathen, just like most of us. Yeah. Cut the man in the arm. Yeah. Oh, you don't mess with Jesus, dude. I whack that man in the arm. Jesus said, Lord, get behind me. So put the man here back on. That's not how we do, Peter. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Which means if you create hell, you're going to end up in hell. Peter was the same one. <coughs> They walked on water because everybody else was scared to get out the boat. Now, folks always talk about Peter. They hadn't took his eyes off Jesus when the stars sang. But they don't never give him no credit because he was the only one willing to get out the boat in the first place. Amen. All the rest of them were scared. Amen. Amen. 
So even if Peter made a mistake, he was willing. That's right. Now, here's the fun part. I won't be much longer. I'm getting hungry. Here's the fun part. Oh, yeah, I'm one of the preachers. I just keep it real. I just tell you what God says. You go somewhere and sit down. As, as, the old preach, preach, as the old preachers preach. used to teach us, when you, you, you do three things. You get up, you speak up, and shut up. Amen. That's it. Get up, speak up, shut up. Now, here's the amazing thing. And when they had this done, listen to what this is saying. Be, be, be careful to pay close attention to this. When they had done what Jesus said do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't miss this. Please yeah. don't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. When they did what Jesus said do, they began to be blessed so much yeah. they had to call somebody else to get some of the blessing. Amen. Y'all didn't hear me. Right. Yeah. Y'all didn't hear me. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a good position to be in? Mother, God has blessed you so much that you got enough that you can bless yourself, bless all the members of the church, pay the church off, buy a new building, get everybody a new car, tell them to come on over there, bring your stuff, because I got more blessing than I can have. Yeah, amen. Wouldn't that be a good position to be yeah. in? Yeah. I'd love to be able to say, yeah. everybody in here get a new place to live. Yeah. Amen. But until I'm obedient, ain't no need to be expecting nothing. What do we say all the time? When blessings go up. No, praise God. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, praise God. Say, I don't even know how it goes, but I don't say it. <laughs> I don't say it because it ain't biblical. That's right. When praises go up, blessings come down. Fool, don't you know you overdue on praise? He's been blessing you before you even knew who he was. Come on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was blessing you when you was a healer. That's right. That's right. And now all of a sudden you done got saved. You got some cute stuff to say now. <laughs> when praise is done, blessings come down. Blessings been coming down when you was born. Amen. You owe some praise. Yeah. You behind on your praise. Yeah. See, when you get into the word of God, you'll find out a lot of the craziness that we do ain't bit more got nothing to do with this Bible than the man of God. We just church as you. No. And I'm going to throw this in here for free as an evangelist I know you can say. He says, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So what that mean? Because if I don't know what it means, I can't do it. He said, worship me in spirit and in truth. Uh -huh. So until I understand what that means, I can't worship correctly. In spirit and in truth. Now get this. He says, my words are spirit. That's right. And they are <coughs> life. Yeah. He says, my word is truth. No, thank you. So if I'm going to worship him in spirit yeah. and in truth, that means I have to worship him according to his word. Amen. But I ain't read enough of his word to know how to worship. We think the stuff we do on Sunday morning is worship. 
Just going to church. That's all it is. This ain't worship. That's what most of us do. We just go to church. Because we don't understand worship. See, when you get in this book, you begin to realize that there are always conditions before the promise. Y'all get that? Yeah. There's always conditions you have to meet before you get the promise. He told Peter, go out into the deep, and then he holds it like this, for a drop. In other words, you ain't going out in the deep for nothing when I tell you. When I tell you to go out in the deep, my word ain't going to come back, boy. You can expect it to accomplish what it set out to do. So as long as you're obedient to me, yeah. it's going to come out just the way I had it. What did Jeremiah say? I know the plans that I have for you. To prosper you and not harm you. But if you want to do your own thing, I'm going to step back and let you do it. That's right. Let me see how that's going to work out for you. Make sure you let me know how that works out for you. So when we read and we find out their conditions, the condition is Peter had to go out into the deep. The promise was that he was going to receive a draw of fish. He says, if you walk upright, there's no good thing I'm going to withhold from you. Yeah. We want the second part. <laughs> there's no good thing we'll withhold from you. But we don't want to do the first part, to walk upright, to meet the conditions, to get the promise. We, I'm just waiting on my blessing. Bible says it's going to be pressed down, shaking it out, and running over. I said, baby, what's the first word of that verse? What you talking about, man? I know, here you go. You always got something to say. I ain't saying he said What's the first word of that verse? It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shake it together. Running over, men will give in your good. So if you ain't giving, ain't no pressing and shaking for you. <laughs> you have to meet the condition yeah. before you can get the promise. We want all the promises of God, but we don't want to do no work. That's right. Amen. We don't want to do nothing. Amen. And see, here's the thing. As long as we've known each other, I can safely say you've never heard either one of us bad-mouthing some other preacher. Bad-mouthing some other member. You know why? Because they ain't my folk. Don't let them belong to me. I said, Lord, thank you for not having me to pastor your crazy people. Lord, I appreciate it. I thank you so much. Mm. My passion was Christian education. So God allowed us to get a school over. Right. Where folks, yeah, you understand what I'm saying? See, if you stay in your lane, Y'all agreeing with me. Some of y'all out of y'all lane while y'all sitting there. Amen. <laughs> Members of the church coming in. Uh, uh, Dr. Anderson, I'm now. Reverend Anderson, Minister Anderson. I, I don't care about all that, Dr. Anderson. Don't nobody care about it but y'all. Because Jesus showed up there. Okay. Uh, well, what I wanted to ask, Minister Anderson, was uh, 
I said, well, that's a pastoral question. Maybe you need to address that to the pastor. See, I know how to stay out of trouble. I stay in my lane. Don't come asking me no pastoral stuff because I ain't no pastor. Right. Even if I know the answer, I ain't gonna tell you. Go see your pastor. Yeah. If it's a Christian education question, you can sit down, and I'm gonna carry you through this whole Bible. Answer your question. Because I stay in my lane. Come on. And here's the thing. There's a difference between a gift, a talent, and a ministry assignment. Don't miss it. A gift, and I'm going to use music since that's the one we always use. A gift is one where a boy look at a piano and start playing. He had no lesson, no training, no nothing. That's a gift. A talent can be taught. You can be taught to be a great concert pianist. A talent can be taught. And most of us think that because God gave me a gift of music, I'm supposed to increase that talent and use it in ministry. The ministry assignment may have absolutely nothing to do with your gift. That's right. My ministry assignment was preaching. My talent became Christian education. Everybody used to say, oh, you got a gift for Christian education. No, I ain't. That's a talent. God has taught me how to deal with his people. God has taught me how to bring the word forth to his people so that they understand. That's why I don't get involved in entertaining because you'll leave here happy and go to hell because I didn't give you the right information. Right. Yeah. I, I'm going to stand flat with and say, well, just says the Lord. Amen. So my ministry assignment was preaching. My talent was teaching God's word with the Holy Spirit. My gift was discernment. It had nothing to do with the rest of them. So Peter understands that I have to meet the condition first, and then I receive the blessing. See, most of us don't believe that what I do by myself can affect the whole congregation. Most of us don't believe that. What Peter did in his obedience affected everybody else. What the Bible say? The Bible say he had to call his partner. Because he was being blessed so immensely that he couldn't keep it all. And you wonder why God increased your income. You ain't tithing on the $200. What am I going to give you $2,000 for? I knew y'all get quiet on that because we're talking about your money, didn't we? Yeah. But let me share something with you. Long time ago, I learned I started giving in threes. Yes. If it's pennies, I'm going to get three of them. If it's dollars, I'm going to get three of them. If it's hundreds, I'm going to get three of them. Because I give in reference to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all I'm going to tell you is since I started doing it, he allowed me to be able to keep doing it. So if you want to get off the bus and get a car, start doing what you're supposed to do. Amen. You meet the conditions, and then you'll get the promise. Lastly, that would be long. Ready? They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships. Now, 
a partners, who would be considered your partner? I got that. Who would be considered your partner? See, because if I don't know who my partner is, I can't call them. Just like when it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. If I don't know what the joy of the Lord is, I can't get the strength. See, we quote this stuff without thinking about what we're saying. Yeah. That's right. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I got to find out what gives the Lord joy so that I can stay strong in the Lord. Right. Y'all, ain't nobody trying to hear Amen. this, man. Go I got to find out what the joy of the Lord is, yeah. and then he'll be my strength. So, I got to find out what lane God wants me in. Yeah. Ask God, what's your ministry assignment? Because everybody in here got it. He was getting ready to give Peter a ministry assignment. What's the last thing he said? Next time you'll be fishing men. That's going to be your ministry assignment. To go into all the hedges and the highways and compel men to come. You're going to be a fisher of men. His ministry assignment. If you don't know what your ministry assignment is, as after you've been in church for 900 years, you need to go back and reevaluate that, re that salvation. Come on. Because everybody has an assignment. Yeah. And the assignment is just that. Here's the problem. We try to do everybody's work. Yeah. That's it. I'm going to use her. I kind of like her. I don't know why. So I'm going to mess with her some more this morning. My assignment is a Sunday school teacher. My assignment is not being a pastor. My assignment is not being a choir member. My assignment is not being the general. My assignment is Sunday school. So instead of me worrying about what Dr. Sutton doing, instead of me worrying about what the choir member's doing, let me be able to present God's word the best that I possibly can as a son of That's staying in my lane. Amen. I ain't going to tell you how to carry no note because <clears throat> I ain't going to sing. I ain't going to tell you how to clean up the church because I ain't no job. And see, here's the other thing that we, we miss. Do y'all notice that everybody if it ain't Jesus, I ain't up. Don't you notice that everybody has a task to do, but they're so busy worrying about what everybody else is doing that they can't get their own work done. That's right. Amen. Amen. He said, Peter, go out into the deep. I ain't going to do that to you. I'm the Christian. But because God said it was enough for him to do it, 
And as a result of his obedience, yeah. I'm going to bring it down to 2018 personal. Our God is not a God of confusion. That's right. That's right. So if I'm involved in something that's creating confusion, yeah. it's not godly. Because I don't serve a God of confusion. Even as much and Peter and Paul, they didn't always agree. Paul and Barnabas, Paul told them, I don't even want him to go with me no more on no missionary journey. I don't want him around here. John Mark needs to go somewhere else. But before the story was over, yeah. they had to reconcile. Amen. Amen. They had to reconcile. Yeah. Now here's the dumb thing to me. This is just utterly retarded. Why sit here 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and go to hell from the church? Come on. That's retarded to me. Just go on back out of the street and go to hell first place. Amen. 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 At least you're in the right place to try to get it right. See, when I... When I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror, if I don't see Jesus, I need to start praying. While I'm washing my little rusty face, if I don't see Jesus in the mirror, I need to start praying. Now, how do you know whether you see Jesus in the mirror? Because if you're waking up thinking about, I'm going to fix it when I get there. Amen. Yeah. That's it. Then you know Jesus ain't in the mirror. That's it. That's right. Amen. If you're waking up Amen. with hell on your mind instead of being thankful that you woke up, That's right. Jesus ain't in the mirror. Yes, sir. So when I look in the mirror, Lord, <coughs> clear my mind. Yes. Yeah. Fix my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Let me be the child that you called me to be. Amen. And see, here's the thing that I like about it. If I stay on the lane that he put me in and stay on the task that I'm supposed to do, yeah. then y'all can't get on my nerves. That's right. That's right. Y'all can't get on my nerves. Because I'm too focused on what I'm supposed to do. And here's the analogy that I use. I got about seven minutes. Here's the analogy that I'm going to use. Me and her thick as people. I mean, we, we tight. We, I mean, dirty busted. Dirty buddies now. I mean, she know all my deep nasty. I mean, we real tight. We usually work in ministry together. God tell her, go down one with the king. By the time you get to union, your blessings go overtake you. He tell me, you go down page. By the time you get to union, your blessings go overtake you. But because me and her cool, I'm going to go over here with Martin Luther King, with her, and then we're going to come back up page so we both cover the streets the Lord told us to go. So we're going down Martin Luther King, and she's studying me in bliss. 
Get your legs together. Bless him, come. Get you another two, three blocks. Bless him, come. Get you another two, three blocks. Bless him, come. By now, I'm like, hold up, see, uh, I'm doing the same thing. She's doing all my stuff at on page where I told you to be. That's it. That's it. Your stuff is on page. Why are you over there? You understand? Yeah. Why we miss some of the blessings of God? Because we're creating too much problem for God to use us. Yes. Now, see, I used to be one of them folks. And this is one of the questions they posed to me. That the church wanted me to be a pastor to say, now, we ain't no big church reverend. You know, we can't buy you no Cadillac. I said, y'all didn't see what I pulled up in. I drove to this interview in a beam. I don't need nobody's Cadillac. I come in a BMW. God's been taking good care of this old man. And then when I started doing houses, I got rid of, I worked for the bank then. When I stopped doing houses, started doing houses, I got rid of the BMW and bought a truck. Why? Because it don't fit my life no more. That means some of the stuff you used to have, you need to get rid of yeah. if God is going to send you somewhere. Yeah. You wondering why God ain't blessing you, stay holding on. I'm trying to shake you from this mess so I can bless you. But you study holding on. No, it can't be like that. It's got to be this way. Come on, right. Bill. You ain't on that go. And you wonder why God ain't blessing you. Because you study holding on. Let that animosity go. Let that envy go. Come Let on. that jealousy go. Let that hatred go. Let all your feelings go. Let all your thoughts about people go. Let all the things you're doing wrong go. Let it go. So God can use. Amen. Like we used to say, in the, it's enough of us in there old enough to remember the 60s and the Panthers and the power to the people and all of that. One of the statements they used to use there all the time is, if you're not part of the solution, you part of the problem. So in closing, Peter, by his obedience, got his ministry assignment and was blessed to the point where his blessing overflowed so much that he had to call somebody else to get in on the blessing. Yeah. We so tight that when God started blessing me, mother, he blessed me to get your own. Don't you know God blessed you to bless other people? Why do you think he said Tithes and offering. Yes. Let me share something with you about that right quick, and then I'm gonna go somewhere else. The Old Testament said a tenth. The priest would stand before the people, and when they were bringing what they had to bring to give to God. The priest would stand out with his rod and the cattle, the sheep, or whatever they were going to give, a right. duck or whatever it was, would go under the rod. And when it got to the tenth one, 
the priest would tap that particular animal thing, whatever it was, and that one then would be taken and be consecrated for God's use. However, if when they got to the tenth one, it had a blemish, supposed to be a black cow that's got a white spot, can't bring that to the Lord. We have to go to the one before or the one after. Right. Which means I can't just bring anything to God's house. I just can't come with anything. The Old Testament set the standard of the tithe, which is 10% of my increase. <clears throat> and don't nobody ask me, well, do I tithe out the gross out of net? That means you don't understand tithe. Just because you ask, you're being cheap. Right. Do I tie off the gross or the net? I'm going to tell you like one preacher said, you know whether you want a gross blessing or a net blessing. <laughs> now that ain't biblical. That's just me being silly. You hear people say, we need so a seed. If I wasn't in need, I could so a seed. God ain't going to ask you to do nothing that you are not capable of doing. Oh, well, I bring $20 a week, so all you're making is $200 a week? Uh, now, see, what happened was, now you're going to start lying. Because you don't want to get no money. And he said, if you do the tithe and the offering, this church would never want for anything. Because you would be provided enough. And some of you, just like I used to be, I'm so glad you some of you, at one point, if you asked me to write a $40,000 check, I would have just wrote it. Now I'd be looking for $40. But the fact that I was willing to be obedient, somebody else around me was able to be blessed. Y'all get what just happened here? It all started with Peter saying, at your word, because you said it, Lord, I'm going to do it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I don't like the people I'm doing it with. But because you said it, I'm going to do it. Why? Because I trust you. Yeah. I've been dealing Thank you for listening in today to Let Us Reason Together broadcast with Dr. James Sutton. You may send letters of prayerful support and your tax-deductible financial gift to Walk in Truth, 7852 Milan Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63130. If you are in need of prayer or would like to contact the ministry, call us at 314-629-0024. You can also visit the ministry website at www.walkintruthministries.com or email us at WITMIN at yahoo.com. And be sure to check us out at Walk in Truth Ministries on Facebook and Walk in Truth Radio SoundCloud. Be sure to tune in next week for another thought-provoking broadcast from Let Us Reason Together.